0: I was a traditional financial advisor and I worked with my clients to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Lots of letters after my name. And uh, about a year before I sold my practice, I realized that I had the ability to really tap into what was truly going on with people with money. And in the way I see it, I'm actually able to communicate if money were to talk to you, what would it have to say? And Many of the people I work with are like, I want to know that. And for other people, it's really a metaphor for the fact that we really all have a relationship with money. I think, especially coming out of the traditional world I came out of, we think about the left brain like, how do you allocate your portfolios? How do you save for future goals? And those are all super important. And what I also know is how we think about our money, what we say about it, how we relate to it has in some ways, maybe even a bigger impact on our financial success.
1: Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today, we have with us Ellen Rogan. Ellen is a money expert, New York Times bestselling author of Picture Your Prosperity and Financial Intuitive. Through her messages from money consultations, Ellen connects with the energy of money and channels messages that help her. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Ellen.
0: Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Can you speak a little
1: bit more about the consultation that you do when it comes to the energy of money with people?
0: Yeah. So for many years, like more than 25 years, I was a traditional financial advisor and I worked with my clients to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Lots of letters after my name and uh, about a year before I sold my practice, I realized that I had the ability to really tap into what was truly going on with people with money. And in the way I see it, I'm actually able to communicate if money were to talk to you, what would it have to say? And many of the people I work with are like, cool, I want to know that. And for other people, it's really a metaphor for the fact that we really all have a relationship with money. I think, especially coming out of the traditional world, I, came out of we think about the left brain like how do you allocate your portfolios how do you save for future goals yeah, and those no are limits. all super important and what i also know is how we think about our money what we say about it how we relate to it has in some ways maybe even a bigger impact on our financial success mm-hmm. yeah so in these meetings i basically ask money what they have to what it has to say to people And I just trust what comes through. I do that through journaling. And then in the consultations between those messages that are coming through for someone, and my background as not only a a financial advisor in the past, but also a business owner who had a very successful practice, people are able to get new ideas they hadn't thought about, clear money crap away that Mm. it's been hanging out there, maybe learn how to charge more. It really depends on what's up for them to what results come out of it, out of those meetings.
1: Yes, and the key word here is relationship. And then for us, growing up in our environment, and our families, money just felt like a very difficult thing. Our parents used to say, money doesn't grow on trees. There's this component of lack. So we unconsciously put it on a pedestal and not realizing that by building a relationship, We can bring it more into our life. Can you speak on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, you're 100% right on the fact that we've gotten these messages from when we're itty-bitty children, even before Mm. our parents could even realize they're sharing how they are with money by what we heard and saw growing up, even probably more than what they deliberately taught us, right? Mm. We've taken on these messages and they impact us either I've seen people either do exactly what their parents did, worrying about money, people whose parents grew up or grandparents grew up in the during the Depression. And they're still like in a different financial position, but still washing out baggies and doing things that maybe their grandparents did because they're so afraid. Where they go the opposite extreme. My parents were so frugal that I just spend because I feel like I deserve it or whatever they're saying. So it's not to blame mm. our parents for everything.
1: No, but it meant to, well
0: yet they they did the best they could right and and we could use these some things we saw and heard were really helpful, and some things were maybe less than excellent and so, as adults, we get to start to look at this and decide is that really still working for us or not, and hopefully be able to shift into something that's a more healthy relationship yeah
1: and In general, many people face similar issues when it comes to money. Can you share some tips what people can do to build a better relationship with money?
0: Yeah, for sure. One thing I think is helpful, so whether we're looking at this as a helpful metaphor or that we truly see that we do have a relationship with the energy and money, either one is fine, is to think about if this were a personal relationship. How would you be doing in that relationship? Because I think Mm. some people think, yeah, I have a relationship with money and they think it's not there for me or I'm scared of it or whatever, but they don't think about how they are on the other side. So relationships go two ways. Are you a good partner to money? Are you taking care of it? Do you worry about it? Are you envious If this? If you think about if this was a romantic relationship or a really best friend, how are you doing? Are you just looking as, are you trying to just hook up with money? You pay attention to it when you need it, but you don't. Like money doesn't like that. Money wants to be your partner. Money wants you to do really well. And so I think it's really helpful to just start to think about that. And if you, someone, sometimes things aren't easy, there's challenges that come up. And I'm not trying to say, oh, if you just have this great loving relationship, everything will be fine. But what I hear over and over from money is it wants you to do well. And sometimes stuff happens as a way to teach us and that mm. it's for our own growth, even if it's not easy. And that it really doesn't want you to worry. Like it's this natural, I hear lots of times that people are just scared. They're worried it's, if they have money, they're going to lose it or they're not going to get it. Or as for business owners, what if it doesn't come in? Should I invest? Should I not invest? There's lots of worries that we have. And it may seem like natural, but it's not actually helpful to come Mm. into our relationship with money with a lot of worry. Mm. So to be find contemplative practices or practical practices where you can feel just more grounded and better, contemplative practice might be walking in nature, meditation to just calm some of that down. And a different, a more tactical kind of practice might be getting a really good advisor great accountant, a good business advisor, maybe learning about concepts you don't know about, and they're both really important there.
1: And you mentioned the point makes so much sense is to look at it like a a regular relationship, like a person and not just expecting the other person to change and do things, you build that relationship with money. We're always trying to change other people. We're trying to make things better. We want best for other people. We're always pointing out what they can improve, how they could be better, but we never really pay attention to ourselves. They say, fill your own glass first. What are we doing with this relationship with money?
0: Yeah, for sure. And another, I was giving a presentation last night and I was explaining how in the past I've worked where I've talked about how couples have relationships with money, and we see that this can be really conflicting sometimes. And I brought up that money is like that mother-in-law in the relationship. Now, maybe you both get along great with her and you love her, and it's really cool. Yeah. But maybe one of you has a funny relationship with that, your mother-in-law, and that we yeah. know that if we can smooth that out or find a great way to work together, everything is just better. Money impacts every area of our lives. It impacts our relationships. It obviously impacts our business. It impacts our kids, whether we're conscious of it or not. That may be a helpful way to think about it too. Do you have a good relationship with your money mother-in-law?
1: Yeah, that's funny. Can you share some main point from your book, Picture Your Prosperity? Any key message that you can share from that book?
0: Yeah, one that I love to share, which isn't always obvious to people because it almost seems counterintuitive, is that I believe that generosity precedes prosperity. And often I'll hear people say, oh, when I have money, I'll give back. And I actually think that's backwards. I think we should be giving forward. I get a little cringy actually when people say that because most people listening or watching this, have some financial means. And we can always be helpful to other people. And the issue is if we're holding on so tightly to what we have with fear, like, I'm not going to be okay, so how can I give to others? And I'm talking about financial giving right here, that you can't, if you're this or clenched and you're grabbing on to what you have, you can't actually receive. And that when you loosen that grip, and whether it's sharing financial resources with an organization that's important to you, someone in your life, whatever feeds your soul, maybe someone down the street who's really in need, whatever feels right to you, it has its greasing the way for money to flow into you. And it's not a give to get. It's when you're generous out there, things flow back to you. And if we're talking about a non-financial way of doing this, I think back about my whole career when I have been wanting more referrals, I up the referrals I'm giving. And it's not so much, okay, I give you a referral, I expect one in return. I and mean, sometimes it happens that way. But often I'll give someone a referral and then all of a sudden some great opportunity comes in from somewhere unexpected. And I truly believe that what goes around comes around. And the more we good put the more good we put out there, the more it flows back.
1: Yeah, that's a key point right there. Whenever I spend money I get into the energy of seeing where that money is going. So if I'm paying at a gas station, I will see that money feeding that attendants, family, and the owner of the gas station. I'll just see that money trickling down. I get into the vibration of the spending so before i would just be no like i don't want to spend it so now it's yeah i'm spending it i'm spending it with that energy because the more you give the more you get is a philosophy but it's a very powerful one this podcast has changed everything for me and the whole purpose is to give i'm just adding value every single day not worrying about what i'm going to get i guess your awareness broadens In to encapsulate more of what the universe has to offer than just your little world, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I love that because I love your story about when you're filling your car with gas, how you're imagining where that's all going. Because what you also, what you're doing, and I believe you know this and this is why you do it, but just to unpack that a little bit, is you're shifting the energy from, oh, I can't believe how expensive gas is. I have to fill up my car again. And that lack energy. Yes. I don't have yes. enough to an energy of generosity. You're still spending the same amount of money, but doesn't it feel lighter and lustrous constricted when you are saying, I'm also serving like the guy who delivered the gas to the gas station, the attendant, the like all these other ways of thinking about it. And I think it's a really Beautiful way. And I haven't heard that before. So I'm grateful you shared that. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. My pleasure. When it comes to entrepreneurs, for example, running their business, there's money coming in, they're spending money. And then they're taking a piece for their own self, their own profit. What could that kind of individual start doing in their organization to amplify the energy of the money so they start seeing more of it in their organization?
0: Yeah, so a couple of things are coming to mind. One Mm -hmm. is, let's stay on generosity for a second, and then we can talk Mm -hmm. about, is it can be like an actual practical thing deciding you're taking x percent of your revenues and putting it aside to be given away and uh, my husband and i started doing that after i wrote my first book great with money i talked about say besides saving automatically giving automatically and taking some money off the top and so we started to actually do that since it was in the book i thought that would be in integrity and what I found was that we would take a percentage of my revenues that were coming in off the top, putting it into a separate account and just earmark for it. I didn't have to give it away that month. And what started to happen for my husband and myself is we accumulated money so that when people were asking us to donate to things that were important to them, we were more generous. We could be much more deliberate about spending or donating to things that were important to us because we knew what kind of pool was money pool of money was there and i actually believe that it helped my business continue to grow which from that point on really grew a lot and and the other thing we i infused generosity in every aspect of my business so if i was giving client gifts it was always something that supported some charity as well like candles that supported refugee women making them Um, when my business was, I think it was 20 years old, I reached out to all my clients and said, I want to give a hundred dollar contribution to a charity that was important to you. And so they all sent me their charities. We all felt good. They felt good. I felt good. And then I also, from a business perspective now knew what charities were important to them, which was going forward. So it was a win on the team standpoint. I think that Having your, and relating to you too. So what I heard you say is I do this podcast because I know I'm serving and I know the more good I put out, it will come back. And I think that's a really important way to think about your business is if you, for me, in, and when I start to worry, oh, the speaking engagement didn't come through, or I was counting on this and it didn't happen. And then I'd either get mad, like, why did that person ghost me and be pissed at them? Or be like, no, I want this. I love speaking on stages. Why aren't they? And then I, this happened this summer. I was like in that space a little bit. I'm like, stop. And I moved all my energy to, I have a message that really serves people who needs me more than ever. And I just started going back to that place that I know so helpful. And the interesting thing was, I was in that place looking for opportunities where I could really serve. And one of the people that I thought had ghosted me came back And they're like, not only do we want you for three other events, I was like, oh, (laughs) and even though I had followed up, I had done all the practical things. So for you to be when you start to be nervous about business and say, okay, who needs me more than ever? How can I serve? And then if you have a team that works with you, be having those conversations with them so they really get how their efforts to your business is serving a greater good because we all feel good about that.
1: That's wonderful. It's that overall energy of the company. We tend to suffer from that lack component in our day-to-day life. It's the little things. It's something that we don't even think that is lack. For example, uh, I was working with a client and she said that, oh, I met with someone, but of course they didn't sign up. It's the little things. I believe how to help with this is that when you start becoming more self-aware in the moment, you start. Paying attention to those thoughts, emotions, behaviors. Where are those vibrations fluctuating in my internal world? Am I feeling down when I'm hearing money or anything about wealth? And just becoming aware of it adds so much power to it. All of a sudden, you sense that those things start not happening. Just becoming aware of it. I find that they creep up and they lower your vibrations, like what you were mentioning about The speaking engagements. If you weren't aware, if you weren't paying attention to that feeling that dropped, and that what your thoughts were saying, you wouldn't know. They would just keep happening. But now that you're aware, you realize, wait, stop. You know, this. I'm doing this to myself. So that awareness is super important in this transformation. I feel.
0: Yeah, and you know the story you told about your client. It's aware of what you're thinking about and also what you're saying.
1: Those that mm-hmm. our
0: words have power, you may or may not know this, but the word abracadabra. I don't know if you know what the actual meaning of that word is. We think about it like magicians.
1: It's a magic thing, right?
0: That's what we. Yeah, that's like how it's used now. But it it actually has Hebrew and Aramaic roots, and it translates into roughly "I will create as spoken." I will create as wow. spoken. Wow. And so I love this idea of magic and how, like, our thoughts can create our reality. And our words are so powerful.
1: So, So like, of course
0: they didn't hire me. Well, okay, Mm -hmm. that's going to create more, as you caught, like, immediately. But it's not always easy. It's easy to not pay attention, but it's not that hard to pay attention to what we're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ellen. Can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life?
0: Oh, wow. That's a really cool question. I would say that I would say where I'm focusing now is about the ability to really trust my intuition. If you had asked me this four years ago, Mm -hmm. I'd say my superpower is calm and making other people feel calm about money, which is true. I think that's why I was a good financial advisor. I think mm-hmm. that behind that part of the reason that happens is because I do have this ability, which, by the way, I think we all have, to be intuitive with what's really going on with money and be able mm-hmm. to communicate that with others. Because it's Good. like my big work in the world is around having people have a better relationship to stop asking, awesome. am I going to be okay to start asking, am I, how much can I give? And when that happens, everything changes.
1: Nice. I really enjoyed our conversation today, Ellen. The great work that you're doing and just helping people build that relationship because at the end of the day, life is just a big relationship. We tend to not look at these little things, but they're all relationships, our internal relationships with these different components of life and money. So the work that you're doing, bringing that awareness to a higher level for people is super important so i appreciate your time today thank you i appreciate being here thank you audience thanks so much for joining us for another episode ellen's information will be in the show notes get in touch with her if you want to build a better relationship with money